Uh, we're going to be talking about salt and light, what it means to be salt and light on this planet. This, I listened to a message a couple of months ago, and it profoundly changed me because there is no other point to a church. I don't want to come up with some cheesy uh, 90s slogan, we are this, this, this. We, city lights is, the, is, is our vision. We are called to be lights in the city. We are a community in love with Jesus, showing the world the light of who he is. And I think vision is so important because I've, I've seen over the years in my very long life, only 32, turned 32 the other day, that there's people that go on with life and they don't carry vision. They may have a, a, a vision just, just for their family. And I'm, I'm saying if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're following him and if you're not, we invite you to follow him. It's as simple as saying yes. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I put my faith, which means I believe that you exist. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again on the third day. I believe you defeated death and, and, you, and you, hold, you hold the keys of life. It's, it's a simple thing. You get, you get in, there's an, an open invitation from heaven to every single person who doesn't know Jesus. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's powerful. Everyone needs a vision. A dad needs a vision that looks past his job and providing for his family. A mom needs a vision that supersedes some of the mundane duties of cooking and looking after the home. A student needs vision to lean that, is, that goes past his studies. A businessman needs a, big, a bigger vision than, than making just money. And really, that's what I want to try to bring across today is that every single person sitting here is called to shine the light of Jesus. We are simply, no matter what you're going through, through the highs, through the lows, we all go through good and bad times, we are called to shine Jesus. Psalm 84 speaks about that when we as believers go through this valley of Bacar, which is the valley of weeping, the valley of sadness, we're still meant to make that place a place of springs. We sow in tears, we'll reap in joy. So Jesus came to earth speaking and living out another kingdom. He healed, set free. I'm going to just read a few things. He uplifted the downtrodden, the lonely, the poor, the woman. Woman in first... In I think, it, yeah, there we go. If you take me out the monitors, I think I'll be good. Um, he healed, saved, set free. He, he lifted people up. Women in the first and second century were, were really regarded as second-class citizens. Jesus, through his... Three years of ministry, 30 years of preparation, three years of ministry on the earth profoundly changed the earth. We as followers of Jesus Christ are different, look different, are part of something different. We illuminate a light in a sense we can't see. That's why I love that you can barely see these purple lights, but it picks up the whites. It picks up these neon colors. That's what we are called to be in this planet. Acts 10 says this about Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Jesus' call is our call. We are called to do good. We are called to be the light in this world that, that is getting darker. And I think there's times when, it's, when, when things are darker than others. But we are living in a time where, where, there's, where there's crazy stuff that is going down. And God has called us to be light. Jesus died on the cross. He rose to life. He defeated death, sin, sickness. He went to hell. He took the keys of life. So he took the keys of death and Hades and he defeated death once and for all. We put our faith in him. This gospel is unbelievable. 
if you're happy with that, you can. I, I'm, I'm really happy that you smile back at me. Because Jesus is good and He loves us. And no matter what you're going through right now, God knows where you're at. So the simple vision is this. Can we put up that first slider with um, salt and light? This is coming from the message. It says, let me tell you, this is Jesus speaking. Let me tell you why you are here. Say to me, why am I here? I'm glad you asked. Because Jesus tells us. And I, I love that Jesus just in this one sentence just puts forth a vision for every single person who is going to follow him for thousands of years later. There's a simplicity of the gospel that we need to get back to and the simplicity of what we need to live out in our lives. It's, it's, it's simply to be salt and light. He says this, You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will you taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. I want to just stop there. I'm going to talk about salt, and I'm going to talk about light. Salt does two things, which it clearly says that it brings out flavor. I love popcorn. Um, and popcorn without salt is not popcorn. Am I right? It's just white stuff that fills you up. There's a, a cucumber. I love cucumber. Who loves cucumber? It's really good for you. But cucumber without salt is, it's just, it's water in a green thing. But it's, the moment you drop a little bit of salt on it, it brings out a flavor that wasn't there before. I love cooking, as I've said before. If you put too much salt, you've ruined the food, and you can never, you can never return. And so often I think Christians oversalt people with the gospel. We need to learn how to get into people's lives, become their friends, live with integrity, and then at a point, they're going to ask you, they're going to ask you for salt. And I love that uh, John Maxwell says this one thing. He says he's been in business. John Maxwell is a leadership, Christian leadership guy, but he, he works with big secular companies. And he says he loves to entice people with the gospel. He says, you don't want to hear about this gospel yet. You don't want to hear about the, the good news that lives inside of me. And he entices them and, and makes them want it more. And I think salt does that. It brings out the flavor of the earth so people can taste godliness, as it says later. But it also, it, 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 it it, uh, sorry. it makes people thirsty. You have too much salt, it can make you thirsty. And I think we need to make people thirsty and long for more. The second thing that salt does is it preserves. I've got two pictures. Can we put the first picture of meat up? Okay, that is meat that has gone off. That is the nicest picture I could find. You're probably going to do this anyway, but don't go and Google rotten meat. It's, uh, it's really quite gross uh, and probably needs a bit of a PG filter on it because it's just like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, just gross. And it has, uh, and for me, what, what has happened here is this meat has been left out. There's mold that has grown on it. It has gone off. Can we put the second picture up? This is called, who knows what that is called? No. We're just testing. Who's been to Spain? Johnny, you know what it is, uh, That's the Italian version, but I'm going for another one. It's Uberico ham. It's really delicious. Whoever has ever been to Spain, there's a blackfoot pig that they kind of, um, they put out this, you can actually see the hoof, which is a bit weird, but it's delicious. And they thinly shave this, this ham, and it, honestly, it melts in your mouth. What they've done with this ham is that they've preserved this ham with salt. So you know, 
if you leave pork or undercooked pork, Kacha will tell you, you can die. Am I right? Undercooked pork is a bad thing. But here you have this pork that has been salted, that has been cured. There's a whole method that they do with it. There's certain ways they do it. And what the salt does is that it, it draws out the moisture and it preserves it. And I honestly believe that in our lives we need to be the preservers in society. We need to be the ones that hold up the truth, that hold up the word of life, that, that show this unconditional love to a world that is desperate and dying and in need of a savior. We are the preservers of society. You look at different societies. The moment that church is taken out of society, there's a degradation of society that starts to happen. Um, so I mean, so some of you would have seen that, that planned parenthood thing, which is really quite gross. Basically, an abortion clinic in the States that is selling uh, human parts for, 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 I don't even know what for, for doctor, doctor stuff. Doctor stuff. Okay. And, it's, and, it's, and you just think there's, there's been a shifting away, and I think the church, rightly so, needs to go and stand. And I don't think go and hold placards and, and protests and stuff, but there needs to be Christians that are put into high places there that can bring an influence, that can be the, pres- the preservation of society. Because without Jesus in a society, we are going to go backwards and we're all going to go to hell. Okay, so it's as simple as that. Um, so it preserves, we need to preserve in society. How do we, how do we become preservers? It's, it's, it's simple. Is that we show integrity in the workplace. We show and extend love. We're always ready to give an answer to, to, to the faith and the hope that we believe in Jesus Christ. Verse 14, Matthew 5, 4, 14, it's going to be up there. It says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Say, I'm here to be light. Let's say it with conviction. I'm here to be light. I'm going to ask once more because I think we need to, we're not used to these early mornings, okay? So you can shout it if you want to. I'm here, I'm here. To, be light. to be light. That's it. That is the vision of City Lights. We are here to show who Jesus is. There's many people that will never step into church, that that you're working with every single day of your life, but you are here to show who Jesus is. Whatever God has called you to be involved in, uh, whatever your sphere of influence, wherever you are, God has called you to be a light. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. Can we all look up there? Penny did that painting, which is awesome, but on the top there is a city of a hill. There's this radiating light that is coming out. There's people's faces. Penny says all of those people's faces are people of Dubai. That is our inheritance. People who don't know Jesus, who, who in a sense, you guys all walked in this morning. I could see some of you stumbling around. And you kick the, the uh, a kid, and you, you, don't know, you don't know what is happening. And I think that's, the Bible speaks about people who stumble around in darkness, not knowing their right from their left hand. There's, there's, there's a need in, in this society, in the society we live in, in Dubai, for us to be the light in the city. God has not put you here by accident. And the problem for me often is that Christians shine their light to other Christians way too much. We need to be shining the light that God has put inside of us, that He's changed our hearts, that we look different, we, we do things different. Our life takes on a different way of living. There's a, there's a kingdom way of living where there's a new kingdom that is invisible, we can't see, but we're living by that. 
And the world will start to change because of that. And there's stuff that's happening in the world that is incredible. There's revival breaking out in whole nations where people are being gripped by the gospel. We need to, we need to cry out to God for that. If I make you light bearers, you, you don't think I'm going to put you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on, uh, sorry, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that you have put down a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. This, for me, the, go- the gospel starts in our home. The gospel of the good news of Jesus, spreading the gospel starts with a dinner. It says, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with, to God, this generous Father in heaven. We need to be able to show the generosity of God. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking we shower money on people. I'm saying we have open doors. Whatever, if you're making soup for dinner, because that's all you can afford that night, make soup and invite someone else. Invite your neighbor. Get we need, to, we need to start understanding and living within this gospel-centered community. You're here to bring out the God colors. Now, I love this. I love that we've got these illuminated lights. We, we're here to shine who God is. But this, for me, was where, where, where in Dubai, where we can't go and like, stand on a soapbox, or we, can't, uh, we have to be wise on how we preach the gospel to people. But we can, we can show the light of God through our lives. We, um, I just want to brag a little bit about our staff. Penny, can you stand up for a second? There's Penny. She played piano this morning. There we go. She did this artwork. It says, Who Love Is Your Religion? It's from a song from uh, Switchfoot. Switchfoot. Who knows Switchfoot? Raise your hand. Really big band across the world. Really well known. Um, uh, thousands of followers on Facebook and whatever. So Jeremy took the photo and, uh, and, tagged, uh, and tagged Switchfoot, and then tagged Burning Lights, and then tagged Penny and, and himself. He just got in there as well. So I'm just teasing him. And uh, what actually happened is that they saw this, and they retweeted it on their Instagram and their Facebook page. Okay, that is cool. Okay. I don't know about you, but like, it's not like we're looking for kind of recognition, but there's something happening here that God just decided to highlight on a world stage. And people that are commenting underneath, are saying, this is incredible. Wow, I can't believe it. And I think that's where we are as a city. If, if, you, if we kind of, as a church, sorry, if, we, if, we, if you start running with the call of God in your life, there's, there's going to be a displaying across the earth. And it's not like we do it for that. We do it because we're faithful. We asked Penny, please can you do artwork? She did it. She did not expect any recognition, but she, but she got it. And, uh, and I think God just, he does highlight things. It's exciting. So she let her light shine. There's other areas. Amy, where is she? Amy's just done all the artwork for a, a brand new cafe that's going to be opening in Mall of the Emirates. Uh, I mean, for me, I'm just kind of mentioning these people, and I think that's through Danae, who's part of the marketing team that's part of that cafe. And I just, I love that, that God is using people within City Lights to display His goodness. And that, for me, is what is showing the God colors. It's showing that there's something more inside of us. I believe that the time is coming and has already come that the church needs to start bringing on this new renaissance. And, and then if you look in the past, the, the art, music that was on the forefront and the cutting edge in society all came out of the church up to 100, 150 years ago. Then all of a sudden the world took over. And now the church copies the world and how we do stuff. I think there's a spirit of innovation that is on City Lights on every single person who just puts their hand down and says, you know what, I'm going to be faithful with what's in my hand. I'm going to get behind this vision that is way bigger than myself. And you're going to see God start to do stuff amazing in and through you. This is exciting, exciting news. Philippians 2.15 says this. 
says that you may become blameless and innocent, the children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine like lights in the world. That is the call of God and the vision of God on every single person's life. And can I say that it starts, it starts with how you manage your home. How you, are you faithful when no one's looking? It starts in all of those places. It gives you integrity to, to, to have a voice that is way bigger than what you'd ever, ever imagined. So I want to just share a little bit. I've got a few points about sharing your faith with others. Okay, so if I'm being honest and vulnerable, I think I'm, I'm better at preaching in a larger group than some, I, I, I get on well with people who don't, uh, who don't know Jesus and I hang out with them. But to, to have that moment where you cross the line and I've had the, the, the opportunity and privilege of doing it a couple of times but I'm praying. It's been my prayer in the past few weeks that, God, would you use me? Would you use me to be a light? Would you use me to, to share the goodness of who you are? Would, would you use me to, to invite people to a community that loves, a community that loves unconditionally, which I'm going to talk about now? We have got, where are those invite cards? Bruce, would you mind? Where are they? Okay. At the front entrance, I'd love every single one of you to grab, I think there's about five in here, and, um, and take it with you. This is really just an invitation. This came through, uh, we've been wanting to do it for a while, but Chris Heyman said to me, he said, listen, Dan, I speak to people all the time about the church and about Jesus, but I, I try to refer them to the website, and then they, they don't end up going, and you know, so this kind of was birthed out of that. These are little invite cards, so simple. It just says, City Lights, you're invited. At the back, it says, come and see, Fridays, 10 and 7 p.m. It gives the website, which has all the details on it. It gives the map, and uh, it's in the Burning Lights events. But this, we're going to give every single person here. And it's just saying to keep in your wallet. Just be listening to the Father, saying, he may just say, drop in your heart. Actually, give it to this person now. You may see someone who is ripe to hear the gospel. Invite them. So that's a simple way and a practical way for you to actually live out this gospel. It's, it's so simple because a lot of us don't actually, we, we, we're a bit unsure, should I, should I preach the gospel to this person or not? Ah, you know, we'll invite them to a meeting that doesn't really even look like church. I spoke to someone this morning, they were like, wow, this doesn't look like a church. Which is what we're aiming for. Okay. Um, so just a sim- sim- few simple points which I'm going to r- kind of race through. It's about sharing and being a light. First of all, most people who don't know God, let's just call... People lost because they are, we, we went, without Jesus, I was lost. I was wandering in the dark. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I thought I was living for something, but I wasn't. And God came in and radically changed and shaped my life. But the first thing is that most lost people don't have a correct view of God. Most lost people have a view that has been tainted through media, through a negativity about the church. And I think it's our responsibility, to, again, to... To raise up the, the, I mean, God, God doesn't need us to defend His name. He, 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 he is totally self-sufficient and self-sustaining. But we need again to bring into the the community and the sphere of influence that God has put us into. We need to again just lift the name of Jesus. We need to brag about His mercy. Mark five nineteen says, "Go home to your own people." You can say, "Go to your workplace, to your school, to wherever." Tell them your story, what the Master did, and how. He had mercy on you. Anyone who 
has been saved for a while would understand more and more, I think as you understand the grace of Jesus, that we are messed up, that we are not good. But with Jesus, He has utterly changed us. He has made us clean. He has made us whole. He has, there's no sin anyone has committed in this room that is too bad that God has not seen. God saw it anyway. He made provision for it in His Son. And I think the moment we just need to come, we need to come back to Him. We need to just come back to the Father. We need to show the world that there's a God that loves them unconditionally. Sorry, that's my second point. I went straight there. All us people need to be loved unconditionally. We've uh, lived by this thing uh, in our churches that you, that you belong first, you believe, and then you behave. And I think the church has become too obsessed with correcting and not connecting with people. That says uh, John Maxwell or Rick Warren, someone said that. But we need to be connectors. We need to build bridges in people's lives. And we need to not stand on our soapbox and try to correct them. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Jesus never backed down the truth. He actually, he would, he would go and tell people who were supposedly the religious of the day, he would go and, and tune them to their face and tell them that they were wrong. So a Christianity that doesn't stand up for truth is not a full picture of Christianity. We, Jesus came in grace and in truth. We need to show this world that there's a God that loves them. And how does that happen? Is that we love people for who they are. We don't love them to try to get them to become something. We love them for where they're at. We celebrate where they're at. We know we may not agree with their lifestyle. It might be utterly different to what the Bible teaches us to live. But we love them. Because I think the moment we step out of that, we get into religiosity and we somehow think that we're going to reach people by telling them how bad they are. People know how bad they are. They need to know that there's a God in heaven who loves them unconditionally. That He's pouring out His love from heaven and, he, and He's dying Dying. He died to meet with them. Sorry. Say it, don't spray it. People would rather fix you. Christians would rather fix people than actually just let God be God. And I've had to, I've watched over the years, if I've tried to step in and get my hands into someone's life, they actually end up rebelling. They, 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 they end up saying, well, the church is telling me how to live. And I think the moment you just, we preach the gospel, we preach truth, people's lives change. Because they, they've understood that, they, there's this, that there's this heavenly Father who loves us. And honestly, it's only by the grace of God that I stand here. It's only by the grace of God that any of us have done anything. God is, His goodness is way beyond what we could ever imagine. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Third point, most people will not come to church looking for help. Am I right? For those of you who work in corporate jobs and, and you're dealing with people every day, you know that they're not going to come. If they've got a problem, that's, the church may be the last place, like I said, because there's, there's been a bad view of what, who God is maybe sometimes through the church. But that's why we need to be out. We need to reposition our lives. We need to reposition the way we do things that we actually get to reach people who don't know Jesus. There's a guy, I've mentioned John Maxwell before, so this, I actually got a lot of the stuff from him, and he's amazing. And he had this goal. Uh, he had an encounter with God. He's like, he, there was this guy that was, was on his deathbed, and he met him a few times before he died, and, he, and the guy ended up dying. And uh, he sat there weeping. And uh, like the widow was thinking, wow, this is a compassionate person. He says, I wasn't being compassionate. He said, I realized I'd met with this guy five or six times, and I'd not told him the gospel. I had the privilege... Uh, last year, February, 
no, before, yeah, January, February last year, to go to my grandfather, who my mom, I know, has been praying for for years, and to go and actually to, to, to speak to him about the gospel. I gave him a book. I, be, I, I said, can I pray with you, Pops? Prayed with him. A couple of months later, he passed away. I believe he, he through the conversations he had with my mom subsequently, is that he, he passed the line into faith. It's just, if we do not go, who, how, how are people going to know? And I think as a, as a church, we can, get, we can have a great community, and I love a strong community where we've got each other's backs. There's, there's power. We want people to be attracted to something. But we need to go again as, as, as sons and daughters of God and realize that we have, a, we have a duty before God to be these ministers of reconciliation, to bring people who don't know Him. We need to, number four, strategically align ourselves with people who don't know Jesus. So whatever that looks like for you, if it's joining in a sports game, joining a gym, whatever it is, if you have to be in a dark place to shine your light, okay? Where there has to be a space where we can get all this goodness out of us. Who's heard of the parable of the pit? No one. Okay, so this is cool. So I can actually... This was told, um, and it really is just a, a story, just kind of a made-up story about there's, a, there's, there's someone that has fallen in a pit. Let's just call him Joe. He'd fallen in the pit, and uh, there was no one to help him. So what happens is, I want to tell you about this parable. It says, a subjective person came along the pit and said, I feel for you down there. An objective person came along and said, it's logical that someone would fall into that pit. A religious person came and said, only bad people fall into pits. Buddha said, your pit is only your state of mind. A self-pitying person said this, you haven't seen anything until you've seen my pit. An optimist said, things could get worse. A pessimist said, things are going to get worse. Um, A realist said, now that's a pit. And I've added a few here. A Dubai expat, let's just call him Dubaian, walked past the pit and said, I will pay someone to get you out of that pit. A Jamira Jane says, I don't have time to get you out of that pit between school runs coffee at Tom and Serge, lunch at Shakespeare's, gym with my personal trainer. Sorry, I have no time for you to get you out of that pit. A Jamera John. Any Johns in the house? Okay. Uh, a Jamera John says, I'm too busy making money to get you out of that pit. A EIP Dubai resident. I wasn't going to be specific of an area, but let's just say it's north of here. Okay. Uh, well, what is that? East. Anyway, east of here. Um, a EIP Dubai resident walks past his... Uh, walks past this pit on his or her way to a branch and doesn't even notice that the pit is even there. Jesus walks past, puts down his hand, lifts the person out and rescues him. And I think we need to have our eyes opened. And I think for me, even preparing this message has been a readjusting of my heart saying, God, the point is not me. The point is not about how good you guys may feel or how someone never prayed for me after church. This, I. You don't have anything like that. I, I need someone to pray for me. I, I've got full of needs. I get all of that stuff. And there's, there's moments for that. But there's empty seats next to some of you that need to be filled with people that don't know Jesus. Because I think the moment we get into uh, Christianity that is navel-gazing, we should actually just give up. Because this, we as a church are going to double meetings. We, we are stretching out. We, we're making space for growth. Uh, growth doesn't work when the growth comes, then we make space. We've already seen some growth, 
but we want to make space so God can come and fill that. We are trusting in the next few months to get a venue at a school. So if anyone has any contacts with an auditorium, I have one school in particular, North Anglia. So if you have contacts there, come speak to me. I really am praying that we, and I really am trusting we can have a, a large morning meeting where we can reach the, the greater Dubai community. I'm going to end with this. You can all stand. Penny, would you mind playing a few things? I dream of a church who knows God, who knows their calling. I dream of a church who's passionate about the fame of Jesus. You can say amen whenever you want to. I dream of a church who has big faith in a big God. I dream of a church who speaks to a lost generation. I dream of a church who's passionate about justice. I dream of a church who's passionate about the one who does not know Jesus. We need to be bringers. We need to be bringers to the light, to the good news of Jesus Christ. I love the voice version. It says, you are the illuminating light. Let your light shine everywhere you go that you may illumine creation so men and women everywhere may see your good actions, may see creation at its fullest, and may see your devotion to me. There's three things there. We're going to see creation at its fullest, the devotion to God and our good actions, and may turn and praise our Father in heaven. Let's just pray together. Father, I come before you as, as your son. I'm saying, God, would you, would you, would you change my heart? Let my heart beat for those who don't know you. Just begin to, if that's you and you need to pray that out, just pray it out. Say, God, give me, give me, give me, let's pray a dangerous prayer to you. God, give me opportunity every day to show your love. That's all we need to do. We fight with the light. We do not fight as the world fights. We fight with the love of Jesus. God, I pray that every single person standing here would have a revelation of your love, a deep revelation of your love that, first of all, that we are sinners. We can do nothing to save ourselves, nothing to better ourselves, but believe in the gospel that Jesus, you took our sin upon yourself. Every single last bad thing we'll ever do, say, become. It was nailed to the cross. You died, you rose again on the third day. You defeated death, you rose victorious, Father. And I pray, Lord God, that that would just sink again into our hearts, that we are called to be salt and light, salt and light, salt and light. Bring out the God flavors, preserve society, Shine the light of Jesus through our lives, through our workplace. That our workstation is our worship station, the place where we give God glory. God, I, I thank you that for this community, I, I pray, Lord God, that just in Acts 2, it speaks about that uh, they were waiting in the upper room and they were filled with your presence and they went out and preached the gospel. God, and I pray that for every single person standing here. Holy Spirit, would you come and change our hearts?